Hello everyone, my name is Jeremy Altman and you're listening to Mind the Gap, a podcast segment where I interview current medical students to share their experiences with unique gap years or going through very non-traditional paths into a career in medicine. It's a pleasure to introduce the next guest of the show, Will Buick. Will, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. It's been months in the making. It, ha- it has yeah. been months in the making. <laughs> lots of texts, lots of, hey, can we, can we do this another time? Yes. The, the thrill of medical school is always having to reschedule yes. with other medical students. But here we are after like eight weeks, but At least. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Yes. Eight attempts, maybe we'll try that. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Will, just to kind of start off the show, mm-hmm. I'll have you do a quick introduction. So I'll have you uh, just kind of say where you're from, mm-hmm. where you went to undergrad, what you studied, and what year you are in medical school. Great. Yeah. Uh, like I said, my name's Will. I uh, went to undergrad at University of Colorado uh, Boulder, where I studied international affairs and Spanish language. Um, let's see. I guess we have seven years to account for. I graduated in 2013. Uh, matriculated in 2020 to the UVA Medical School. So, right. yeah, here I am. Happy to be here. Sounds good. <laughs> and you're, I guess now both of us uh, are fourth, yes, fourth years. I guess so, yes. Yeah. It sounds odd to say. Yeah, it's really years. weird. Yeah. I still yeah. think I'm a third year. Absolutely. But... I, changed, I changed my email sign off the other day. It felt very, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Very, nice. yeah. <laughs> very momentous. Yes. Um, <laughs> you've taken quite a few gap years. And, yes. <laughs> and I've, I know already, but. I wanted you to share your story because I feel like a lot of people in your position would really appreciate this. But mm-hmm. we'll we'll kind of rewind and and start at your your college experience. Okay. But uh, you said you studied international affairs in yeah. Spanish. What what kind of drove you to to start with with that major? Yeah. So I've, I've always been really interested in you know poli sci. I guess in uh, in high school and. Uh, Originally, I was slated to do like more science track, like um, first geology and then you know pre med, but it turns out I just wasn't able to really focus my time, um, you know, having a job uh, during that time as well as uh, just being in a new area, um, and just I think just being, yeah, immature for a lot, lack of a better word, you know, um, I wasn't able to put together the grades for that, so I I needed a maybe um, for me an easier major and that ended up being international affairs um, and then tacked on to that too I really was interested in in traveling learning a language so I, I uh, also added on uh, Spanish language and literature to that that's awesome yeah I I studied Spanish in yeah. high school and that was that was the extent of it <laughs> yeah but I I think it's I think it's a beautiful language yeah. and I was really good at reading and writing it but right conversationally I was completely inept it's really difficult yeah, I agreed yeah it's not, not a lot of exposure in Vermont you know yeah yeah that, that's fair that's <laughs> so fair. yeah I've, I've been here since like 2017 I think I used it three times that's fair yeah so I, I would not tell my call myself fluent in any okay any stretch of the imagination at this point yeah fair enough yeah <laughs> so when when you were in college studying these these topics what yeah. what was sort of your your plan for the future yeah it's a good question so um I wanted eventually to go into be a diplomat, you know, and go into the State Department, uh, and that involves taking a, the State Department, you know, mm-hmm. like tests for being a foreign affairs officer. Um, I didn't actually end up doing that. Uh, I guess we can get into like post college now, but I, during college, I was also on the cycling team. Uh, I was really, I was, you know, really into that. Um, played a huge part in my life, like my social circle and whatnot. And um, I ended up wanting to pursue a, um, a career in that. 
after college as opposed to international affairs. Um, so at the end of the day, I, I really didn't use my international affairs degree. Well, yeah, no. One of the things that I was really surprised about was yeah. that you you did have this competitive cycling background. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would love for you to tell me more about how absolutely. you kind of got into that and what, yeah. what that was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I got I got into bike riding. I, I guess I'm like I'm very much a child. Sure. I never I never really grew out of like a my uh, just like the thrill of like riding a bike. So I, I rode my bike through kind of all through high school. Didn't get my license really even until after high school. Um, just because I'd always just ride my bike, my bike, and then uh, when I was in college, I got really into racing. You know, I found out there's just like this huge scene in Colorado. Uh, it's kind of it's much more of a big deal out there, um, and uh, just the people involved in that sport are just are just wonderful. And uh, so, like every weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'd be racing in some obscure area in Colorado or like California um, with the school. And then um, outside of collegiate racing, too, there's um, United States like cycling organizations and uh, they have like a category system so you work your way up from category five to category one and then professional um, so when I graduated high, uh, college I was category one and trying to get to that like kind of professional area um, so I you know just kind of did everything I could to get there like working mm-hmm. at cafes so I'd like work from 5 30 a.m. until 1 p.m. as a barista um, and then I would bike afterwards um, for like three or four hours for training and then race in the weekends. That's crazy. And then it, intermittently I would take a week off and I would race, um, you know, anywhere. Like, uh, there's a race, there's actually a race in Vermont, uh, Green Mountain stage race, um, and then racing over in California, Oregon. Um, yeah, anywhere really, Mississippi. So I think that's impressive. I, <laughs> I don't even want to like drive for long periods oh, right. of time. Yeah, so yeah. I can't imagine mm-hmm. what it's like cycling <laughs> right. mm-hmm. um what what was your your career like as as a cyclist was it everything that you expected it to be i mean uh, yes and no i mean i i love the adventure aspect of it you mm-hmm. know I, I can confidently say like i know uh the u.s really well just from driving everywhere and then we stay with these host families which is great so we just like stay with these random folks from arkansas or like mississippi texas uh mm-hmm. and I still keep in contact with some of these people by email. Like they check in, see what's going on, and that's just like a really nice way of seeing the country. I think you know, being vulnerable in that sense. Yeah. Um, and then cycling itself is just a brutal sport. You know, like mm-hmm. you fall going 30 miles per hour, and you have road rash all over you. Then you have to like, you know, you shower, you wake up, this teacher stuck to you because you have no skin left. Oh and God. It's like, <laughs> it's like, and then you have to drive the 12 hours home, and like your whole left side has no skin on it. And then, like, um, I got in a bad crash in New Mexico, um, and I still, like, I have my hip, like, I have just massive scars all over my hip. And, oh, wow. Um, I fell mountain biking as well, you know, broke my jaw. Um, it's just a dangerous sport. Yeah. It sounds like it's it. It's not something I would, like, want, like, if I did have a child, I would not want them to get into, like, cycling, just because, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really dangerous. And incredibly difficult, too. Like, these, these, these races are six or seven days long. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That yeah, that is. I'm kind of surprised to hear that. I, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm not completely surprised because yeah. any professional athletics definitely mm-hmm. carries certain risk. But right. Yeah. To to hear about all those, I didn't know that you had injured yourself. So I'm, oh, I'm glad yeah. that I'm glad that you're okay now. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's what eventually got myself like how I got myself like out of the sport. You know, it's just getting injured to a point where I'm just scared to ride in the pack. 
Yeah. And after that happens, like your, your results are going to go down and, and then like your contract won't be renewed. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. Okay. Yeah. So what, mm-hmm. um, how, how long did you end up cycling competitively? Uh, including college, like seven years. Seven years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then three years outside of college. I'd say, yeah. Um, what sort of led to the, the stoppage of that? Was it the injuries or? Yeah, it's the injuries. It's, it's also just like it's a hard lifestyle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like, you know, like working in the morning and then biking. And then also at a certain point in time, it's like not being able to have relationships long that are long term just because you need to value bike riding or right. everything, basically, uh, like any like passion, unfortunately. So people will say like it's me or the bike and it's like that's the bike right originally eventually i I got tired of saying that you know um for friends family you know loved ones um and then really like what i said was the the last of it was like i'm not competitive anymore Mm -hmm. um not because like not physiologically just because my my brain or mentally i was no longer in it it wasn't worth it for me it could be like that frontal lobe like you know maturing you know 25 years old kind of that kind of time area but um yeah, I was just I was done. Yeah, yeah. I mean that it does sound like yeah. it's quite the commitment, especially when yeah. you're going all over the place. Yeah. And like you said, for me, mm. I I don't think I would be able to tolerate not having like stable social yeah. support. It is not stable. Yeah. At, at all, like medical school, it's not stable. But. <laughs> right. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. So, what was your your social support like? Like, were you were you yeah. close with your like, were you part of a team, or was yeah. everybody just kind of sponsored by one particular? No, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. So I was on a team, uh, and the team is like, well, has all the sponsorship deals, and then like, if you're part of that team, um, um, yeah, you get all the benefits from that. So I see. Yeah. So I was, I was like, uh, I was on a team after college, and then I got onto a newer team that was like better benefits. So they paid all like travel and raise registration fees and like all your gear, your bike, shoes. Um, so in that respect, I like was sponsored, but, um, not personally at, at all, any point in time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then social, like social systems, like the team itself is a social system. Like you're traveling with them for 12 hours and, but within the team itself, there is competitiveness mm-hmm. in terms of like who you're working for at that race. Cause like it or not, cycling is a team sport. Um, so like, there's a lot of like infighting, you know, like who's going to get that leadership position or right. or whatnot. So, um, and I count a lot of those folks as like friends today. Um, but if you're not in it, you don't end up seeing them. So, yeah, 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 that, yeah. yeah that, that sounds like it could be a, a messy situation. It is, it is a little bit messy. Yeah, yeah. In hindsight, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of stand up comedy. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if you pay a lot of attention to it, but mm-hmm. I. During my free time, I listen to a lot of podcasts that are run by comedians, and a, a lot of it is them talking shop. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of parallels to what you're talking about, where yeah. you're sort of traveling from city to city, and yeah. you're you know you're trying to make you're trying to make your way with with your passion. Yeah. And as you said before, it's it's a commitment where you can't really put anything or anybody else before it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And the the whole like in. Uh, like the in-team competition like people Mm -hmm. will you know there's like an opener that will you know help you know warm up the show for the the headliner and you know I could see how sometimes there's you know jealousy when some people are more successful and you know when you think that you might be more deserving and 
just a lot of what you said kind of made me think of, of some of the stories that I've heard on these these other yeah. podcasts. So yeah. um, it's very interesting. Yeah, far from glamorous. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. more power to you for, for getting through it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, it's it's a fun time. I'm glad I did it. Absolutely. I always would have wondered like how far I would have gone or not. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then I guess we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, when you decided that, that cycling wasn't for you anymore, yeah. what, what did you want to do with that? I mean, it's a good question. I mean, I think because of the responsibility I felt to be like uh, an athlete um, and like prioritize a bike, I think there was an equal and opposite reaction to that. You know, um, I think importantly, I wanted to get out of Boulder, Colorado, where I was at the time. Um, so I moved... Um, you know, I was familiar with New Hampshire, so I moved to North Conway, New Hampshire. Um, I had some friends there with a job, and I got a job at Flatbread. Okay. And then it was just kind of like, a, I just needed to get out of the area, really, um, uh, to do something new. And then I, I got another job. As you can't get out of it. Like, working in cafes is like working in medicine. You, you just can't get out of it, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, like, working at a cafe as well. And at that point, I just needed to change. You know, I, yeah. I pretty much got in my car. It was like a 2003 Honda Civic, and I just like left. Um, so I, like I said goodbye to a few folks and left. Um, I didn't, and then um, I didn't really have a plan. I'd love to tell you like, yeah, I had this grandiose thing uh, planned, but it was just like I need to get out. Um, and then once I was there, I stabilized, um, you know, kind of mentally a bit. Um, with and then like with job and like uh, routine, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, like this actually is an opportunity for me to do something I've always wanted to do which is like yeah, like some trips like bike across the country. And I also wanted to do like uh, a major through hike. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started planning that as soon as I started stabilizing a bit. All right. Yeah. So what, what mm-hmm. did the trip end up being? Yeah. So I wanted to either do um, either bike across the country or um, do like there's three trails. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with it. They, I've, you were telling yeah. me before, and yeah. like the names yeah. I've, I've heard before, but yeah. it, it means very little to me unfortunately that's okay yeah there's, there's three major trails and they, they traverse pretty much the country um and I, I chose one on the west coast called the pacific crest trail um and i really i always wanted to do this trail so i was like well um i'll save up and i'll bike across the country and get the permitting for the pacific crest trail and if i feel up to it i'll also hike the pacific crest trail afterwards so it ended up being um a five thousand mile bike tour across the country and then a 2,650 mile hike. 5,000 miles? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it took six months. Um, yeah, and that was in 2016. That, that is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wait, so you said yeah. something about getting a permit. What is the permit for? The permit is just a, it's a through hiking permit. So you get to like get a start date permit on the Pacific Crest Trail. I see. Yeah. So I, I had one reserved. Um, yeah. And that's all you is, do. Is it because like there's just a, a demand to to go through it or is it like a liability thing uh yeah it's like a it's like a land conservation technique oh, so if they, they want like 50, 50 people starting at the southern terminus of that trail maximum per day okay and those permits are, are really well sought after you have to like be like on your on your game like wake up at 6 a.m get the permit so, okay yeah and you said this was over the span of six months yes okay yeah yeah what was it like for you were there any highlights oh boy i think uh it's two very different things, you know, the bike and the hike itself. Because the bike is was two months, and um, I guess like every day, like uh, you wake up, 
try to wake up as early as you can, eat a lot of snacks, and hope for the best. Right. You and know? Then work at a cafe from five thirty to one. And yeah, then, yeah. Then you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, I was camping. So a lot of it was just route finding and where am I going to sleep tonight? Um, whether that be, like in Texas, for example, like people like are always say like, oh, these Texans are kind of terrible. But it's like, I never went one night in Texas without being offered a place to stay. So I slept in people's houses every night in Texas all the way across. And then like in Louisiana, same thing. We'd, oh, wow. we'd be at a grocery store and they'd ask like, you know, what are you doing? Where are you coming from? And then like, before you know it, I was like eating dinner at their house. That's awesome. It's great. You yeah. know, um, and I was like biking through there. In the, like during wildflower season in the spring and it was just extraordinarily beautiful um yeah i think just like definitely the highlight of that trip was getting a very intimate um experience with like normal people um and just like, i think it's a lot easier for me to like to read a negative news headline now and be like okay like these people are actually good yeah it's just like people it's just negative news sells you know yeah. that's true yeah yeah, yeah. I, you know. I i think there's yeah, I, I every now and then my my faith in humanity is yeah. restored. Yeah, it was very much so restored. I know a lot of things have changed in 2016. You know, that was before Trump got elected, and like things got more uh, fringe. I'd say. Right. Um, but that definitely restored my my faith in humanity. That's so cool to kind yeah. of have like just like a slice of humanity from different places exactly. that that you travel through. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and also just seeing things by bike too. You know, when you're Nothing, nothing against like a good road trip, you know, it's right. a wonderful experience, but like you're slowed down a bit and you have a very physical connection with the landscape. Like I can look at a, at a certain area and be like, not only like was it beautiful, but like I was really suffering that day or like, oh, I was out of food or, um, or like I just, oh, someone just bought me this chocolate eclair and like you have these like memories tied to these geographic areas that are way different than it would be if you were driving in a car. Wow. Yeah. Can you just remind me where, what what path did you take? So like, yeah. what states did you go through? I did a southern route because I wasn't familiar with the like American South uh, okay. at all. I grew up, you know, growing up in Connecticut, going to school in Colorado. So started in Florida, you know, went okay. across that uh, region, Louisiana, Texas, you know, Missouri before that, and then up through Nevada and then Utah. Sorry, not Nevada. Um, oh boy, I'm blanking. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> no. Um, Arizona? No, it's it's uh, New Mexico. New Mexico. New Mexico. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, Texas, New Mexico, Utah, Nevada. Then okay. I, then I had California. My brother was in San Francisco, so I stayed with him for a few nights in San Francisco, and then I went down the coast to San Diego, and then the Pacific Crest Trail starts in Campo, which is um, just outside of San Diego. So I took okay. a, I took a bus, I mailed my bike back to my parents' house, wow. um, and then started the Pacific Crest Trail three days later. Okay. Yeah. So with your um, with your prior cycling experience, mm. was this more of um, was it more of a physical demand or was it just the demand of like logistics? Because it sounds yeah. like there's a lot of planning a lot involved. Of logistics. Yeah, there is a lot of planning. A lot of it. There is a lot of logistics. Um, um, sometimes, like you get on the road at five p.m. and you're in Louisiana, and it's just it's not a good road to be on. So you just you just need to get off the road. Um, and planning around that can be difficult, and you get better as it you get better at it as you go. Also, just dealing with people that are, um, it's worse now, but like you just get on these roads with no shoulder, and everyone's texting, or mm-hmm. it's like a national holiday, and everyone's like somewhat inebriated. Right. It seems <laughs> like you know, uh, it's just like using some common sense, just like to know when to get off the road. Sure. Um, and then like 
using tools um, to make your make your make it safer. I think now um, I wouldn't do a, another bike ride just based on how many close calls I had. I'm yeah, not, yeah, and truly scary experiences. Like I like had like a mirror on my bike, and like um, there's a truck carrying wood, but the wood had gone over to the right. So it was like overhanging. Oh over God! The, yeah, and I happened to see it and just duck, and the wood went right over. And this oh, is on like a high speed. My God! Thing. And then like you know, just like experiences like that, like people not paying attention, turning right on you, like almost getting like pickup trucks are so big now they can't yeah. even see you. Um, so I just wouldn't do it again. In that time, yeah. I felt like my risk to benefit ratio was different. <laughs> that that's you know? fair. Yeah. I yeah. Honestly, I mean, mm. you have you have one hell of a story to, to tell, so yeah, you don't you say. don't need a second one. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. So if I was looking for another adventure, I would much more be inclined to hike. Sure. Or some other um, way to like experience new things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you about this all day, but <laughs> I we we do have a task at hand. Yes. Okay. Um, let's do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after all of this. Yeah. Somehow you're in medical school. Yes. What 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 made you decide that you wanted to pursue medicine instead of cycling? Um, yeah. So I, that when I got back from that trip, I was well and truly done with cycling. You know. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Right. But I was like, yeah, I was. Um, there's no way. Like I considered going back and do it, but I was like, there's no way. Um, so like I got back and I was. Uh, I don't know if you experienced if you experienced similar situations, but like you, you've done this like kind of thing you've targeted for a long time, and you get home and just depression sets in. You know, you don't longer have a goal, you don't have a routine, I didn't have a job, I was living at home, mm-hmm. didn't have a car. I was like, uh, in very much of a depression, you know? So I just I just needed something to do. Um, and I, so I did that EMT class, I started doing some pottery. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that EMT class is when I really got introduced into like what healthcare is, I guess, yeah. And that was at Yale, the Yale New Haven um, EMT program. Um, and I had a great time. It was wonderful. Like it sure. just it just seemed like uh, a very direct way of helping people, and that really opened the doors to me um, to like um, not necessarily using the EMT program as a way to help myself and others in the backcountry mm-hmm. or biking into an actual career. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So you, you all right? So you were in mm-hmm. New Haven. What sort of stuff were you seeing when you were working as an EMT? Oh boy. Um, a lot of like alcohol use disorder, okay. um, yeah, a lot of trauma just in terms of um, like motor vehicle accidents, yeah, um, and the usual everything you kind of see your chronic diseases and whatnot, um, right? Falls, yeah. I guess like from that experience, I knew that a I wanted to be in healthcare, but b I didn't want to be an EMT in the city. Yeah, yeah. I always like to ask yeah. that question because <laughs> yeah. I was um, I went to BU, okay, and yeah. um. I was an EMT, or I, I did an EMT course because I yeah. thought I wanted to do it for, for my gap year. Um, and I did a ride-along, and I, I was assigned to do something in, like, the suburbs of, of Boston. Yeah. And for me, it was a lot of transferring patients to dialysis appointments. Right, yeah. So I didn't – in my head, I my idea was, like, what you were doing, where yeah. it's, like, picking up people from, right. you know, like, scene safety was, like, a, <laughs> like incredibly emphasized. Yeah. But I yeah. feel like – for um, me, it was a lot of just like helping people that, you know, they didn't have transport, so they yes, had EMTs. That is part of it, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you are working as an EMT. 
Yeah. And you have this epiphany that you want to help people and you think healthcare is, right. is the yeah. thing for you. What sort of steps did you have to take in order yeah. to make this transition? I think like, uh, I guess like, I had to test whether I actually liked you know, medical school at the end of the day at school, um, which for the first couple of years. And I didn't know if I would tolerate going back to school. So we had a, a great um, community um, college there. Mm-hmm. So I saw, you know, I'll take like an intro to bio, an intro to chemistry, which is courses I never took in college, and I loved them as well. So I decided, you know, I wanted to pursue some more education in, in the healthcare. Okay. And then I needed to decide whether I wanted to do nursing, or uh, PA or whatever program, you know. Right. From there, and so I, I was lucky to be in that area because I could email folks and just say, "Can I follow you around for the day?" Um, Followed around, you know, like nursing. I did some like, um, I and then was one in the ER, and then someone on um, an oncology floor, mm-hmm. and then I followed around the respiratory therapist for a day, um, and then finally I followed uh, just a primary care doctor, and that's what was just like definitely for me compared to those other those other routes, which was um, nice to know that I wanted to do that, but also like a real shame, <laughs> in, a, in the sense that like it would have been a lot easier to do a year, you know nursing program or sure along those lines yeah oh oh like <laughs> yeah yeah okay i see I, you know what i mean it's just it's just the, the most difficult right? you're like oh of, like of course you know right right you're <laughs> yeah. like okay well here goes yeah here goes seven more years exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair yeah um that that is interesting that, yeah. that you brought that up i yeah. i feel like the the time commitment of being yeah. a physician sets in at different points for different yeah. people like for Absolutely. me i was like I started medical school single, mm-hmm. no real ties other than I wanted to stay in touch with family. Yeah. Um, but for me, I was like, I don't know, I have time. I don't really yeah. need to, I'm, I'm in no rush. Yeah. And some people are like, I don't, like the reason I'm not even applying is because I don't want to go through with it. Exactly, but, yeah. You, but you did just bring that up where you're like, I want to be a doctor. Exactly, So yeah. <laughs> Devastating news. Yeah, de- <laughs> I'm sorry. The test results came back. You yeah. want to be a doctor. Um, yeah. That was on your mind. But what yeah. what allowed you to give yourself the freedom of, of going through with it? Well, at the end of the day, I knew I, this is what I wanted to do. Um, so, um, and I actually, like, just based off, like, previous experiences, the, the process is a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, like, that seven-year process, while grueling is going to be like a beautiful thing kind of like what dr emily greenberger was talking about mm-hmm. how like her process like she loved medical school and residency because she loves learning and then when it stopped being a learning process you know three years into being an actual physician that's when it got boring for her i think it's a very similar thing for me as well where it's like i'm really a huge fan of the process and yeah. like it's just like kind of where all the beauty happens um, um so like the at the end of the day, like seven, eight years or whatever, how long it takes you to be a, a board-certified physician, um, it sounded really like kind of an adventure I wanted to get on board with, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I, I agree. I think there's yeah. something about the process that is yeah. really fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was I was involved in, in college theater, mm-hmm. um, and my favorite part was just like having really stressful rehearsals and yeah. just being like, <laughs> why did this go wrong? Like, yeah. The yeah. lights didn't go on when they were supposed to. Uh-huh. 
you know, I've, I'm guilty of not having my lines down until like oh, like yeah. the week before the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if anybody that was in uh, a cast of mine, I, I am sorry. And I do know <laughs> that I, I was underprepared. But um, everything worked out. But, it, but I love kind of like the intensity of like, I don't know how this is going to end up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. Yeah. So... Um, so what what else uh, were, were there any other obstacles that you hit along the way when trying to yeah. apply to medical school? Absolutely, yeah. I think I think it's going back to like you know college. Like I didn't get that good of grades, you know, in college. Like I was, in all respects, like an underperformer, especially my first couple of years of school. I just had a really hard time adapting. Yeah. Um, and that that was always going to be carried with me, you know, whether whether it's applying to eventually the post bac program at UVM and then again applying to medical school like those grades are going to follow me around um, yeah I think that, that was the biggest thing uh, and then just like a, a lack of healthcare experience a lack of money as well going through that post-bac program was not cheap right. at all you know um, but it was, it was necessary for me to do at the time so not only do I have career medical student debt but also debt from that experience as well um, yeah and then just it's just difficult you know like being in post-bac program, having a job, doing research. Um, I think that, in a lot of respects, was more difficult than being a medical student. Sure. Yeah. Being an adult, being is, an adult. is worse than being a student. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. I guess, like, at that time, like, it's more, like, you, you need to, you know, be financially independent at that point, you know. Um, yeah. It's just yeah. difficult. Yeah. Yep. Well, mm. you're not alone. We're yeah. all we're all going through it. <laughs> yes. As, yeah. As, uh, yeah. As the one doctor that was talking to us before about adding the, like an extra fee during our residency applications, it's yes. just a drop in the bucket. Yeah, it just keeps accruing. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay, so you did the post back program, and then you said yeah. that you you started at UVM, and you're, yes. you're here at UVM now. Yes. Um, did you choose UVM uh, for any particular reason? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I got I got into UVM, <laughs> right, <laughs> which is uh, very nice of them to let me in. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, and also just I I'm a person that needs to be near the mountains. Um, I like I, I love Burlington. It's great. I live in Underhill now, which is just outside of town. I live at the base of uh, Mount Mansfield. Okay. And I, I you know I can go home today, and within ten minutes I can be hiking up the biggest mountain in Vermont and skiing down. Or I, in the summertime, I can be like you know trail running there with my dog. Um, it's just a wonderful place for me to be. It keeps me happy. Not that I can't be happy in a city, but it would be a lot more difficult. That's fair. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's there's a resident that mm-hmm. I met who lives mm-hmm. near um, one of the the ski resorts. Oh yeah. And in the morning, they would just yeah like like before they leave for work they just like yeah. go cross-country skiing for a little bit and, like yeah. that's their morning workout it's and great. i think yeah. yeah i mean you really can't do that in you no. know delaware like, no, it's gonna be so, hard yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love delaware I, yeah. I just threw that out because i couldn't think of anything else but um yeah. yeah uh so that's awesome so yeah. fast forward again okay Trumpets are playing fanfare. Wow. You got into medical school. Holy cow. Yeah. Great. So <laughs> welcome. You're having a great time. Yes. Um, I have a series of questions for you about this, and okay. this is the main reason why I had you come in. Okay. Um, I guess what I want to start off by saying, or one thing that I wanted to start off by asking you was, were there any certain situations or um, 
surprises that you didn't anticipate when you started medical school? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, you're never going to be prepared for medical school at the end of the day. It's just, yeah. like, too difficult. Um, yeah, and then those first few years were tough, absolutely. I think um, for me, though, it was definitely the isolation aspect of it, you know, us being in a, a COVID class. Right. Uh, and then the flip side of that, too, is um, when we were able to interact with each other, too, I was also overwhelmed. So it's, like, it's kind of like a weird um, duality there going on. Um, I'm introverted to begin with. So um, going into that first year, like we had been in pretty much lockdown for I don't know how long, it's like nine months, eight months. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a while. So that first the first days, like I was just equally overwhelmed with medical school and just being around that many people. You know, I'd i been working in the ER um, over in St Albans and doing like rescue and stuff, but never more than like 10, 12 people. Uh, yeah, so that was really tough for me. Yeah, yeah I'm like, as like you were talking about earlier, like I'm a soft spoken person. This is probably the most I've talked in a long time. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> you know? doing fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was difficult for me, you know. Um, and just, I feel like I need like some alone time to decompress. I didn't get that for a long time. And then uh, on the other side of that, like I said, too, like there was moments when we went into lockdown, too, like we were just doing Zoom Academy medical school, which is equally as difficult, you know. Yeah. Uh, I love Trevor. He's my, he was my roommate during the time. Um, but one person's not enough you know, yeah. to be hanging out with. And yeah, that can be difficult when you're also doing like five hours of A&D work outside of class after, right. after Zoom all day. It yeah. is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for yeah. me, yeah. Um, you know, I, I wasn't out of school as long as you were, but yeah. even for me, like, like the first, you know, preclinical years yeah. were a little difficult for me as well, just yeah. because like I thought you know, I enjoy learning. Yeah. I, I love learning new facts and, mm -hmm. you know, being exposed to topics that I, I have never really been exposed yeah. to before. It's all really refreshing. But sitting down in a classroom is, is definitely yeah. something that it I don't have the endurance for anymore mm -hmm. because right. I, I already had the experience of working in a hospital. I'm like, yeah. you know, like I have to go from point A to point B mm -hmm. and it's 10 minutes away and you have three minutes to get there. And yeah. you're like, I just love the, the yeah. hustle and bustle of it. Yeah. And then sitting down and being like, all right, do you think A is the right answer or do you think <laughs> yeah. C is the right answer? Let's talk about talk about Yeah, talk amongst your, your peers. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't, I'm not, I'm a little cloudy on this subject. Yeah. Um, but you're right, like adding the COVID aspect is yeah. even worse because yeah. with Zoom, you're even less engaged. It's and so you could have, yeah. like a lot of these doctors that have taught us are phenomenal. Like I've yeah. we've had the privilege of working with some of them on the wards mm -hmm. and they're such good teachers, yeah. but you could only do so much through Zoom. It's exactly. really difficult. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 uh, I, what you said resonated with me yeah. just because it's really difficult to, mm -hmm. you know, find the social group that yeah. kind of helps you get through it. Absolutely. Yeah. And staying engaged. Yeah. Um, the next question mm -hmm. that I wanted to ask you was you've, you're very worldly. You've kind oh, of, wow. or you're, you're very national. <laughs> very <laughs> um, national. <laughs> you're very, yeah. You're, you have national affairs down. Wow. Um, yes. What, what experiences and skills that you've sort of accumulated mm -hmm. over your gap years do you mm -hmm. think have helped you in your medical school career so far yeah uh being okay with not being okay it's like so like or i guess like a better way to do that is just say uh 
not knowing what's going to happen and being okay with it. Just like being able to wake up at 4.30, going to the hospital for the first day of surgery, packing a lot of snacks and hoping for the best. Right. You know, like I'm okay with that because I've done it a ton, you know, whether that be yeah. like um, with bike racing or, or like um, hiking or <clears throat> bike touring. But also too, with like doing a lot of ceramics, um, being okay with failure. Ceramics is just you're constantly failing, like in a safe kind of way and being okay with that and practicing failure in a safe manner. That's really been uh, enlightening for me. So like, if someone gives me feedback, I can like, rather than like really take it personally, I can be like, okay, like that's fair, you know? Yeah. Um, that's really helped me as well. Um, yeah, and then the third, I guess the third thing too, is just like doing hard things physically, um, whether that be like trail running or biking or hiking, whatever. Like I feel like I've, uh, in, a physically way, in a physical way, I feel like I've truly suffered. Um, which is not anything compared to like um, doing a hard thing, like 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 you know like a parent dying or like going through poverty. Like never been through anything like that. But I, I've done hard things physically, and your third your medical school is hard physically. Yeah, I think you know whether it's like standing up for a surgery that's eight hours, or like you know like I said talked about earlier, like waking up really early and, and having long hours. Um, so just like having um, tool like toolkits, my toolkits full of things that I that I have, like where I can be like, I've done hard things, I can do this hard thing, and it's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's yeah. a really valuable insight to have. Yeah. Um, the, I think that the whole I, I've I've said the word endurance a lot during this interview. Yeah. But but I, I feel like you've really kind of, um, I feel like a lot of your success probably comes from the your ability to just kind of withstand physical right. stress which is yeah. a really interesting thing to have it, yeah that's good and bad though too like because it's like um then it, it's unhealthy really fast right because like, yeah. you'd be like um so yeah the flip side of that is like being knowing when to be like okay like we've gone too far it's not it's no longer um sustainable that's fair um, yeah but i, I yeah. think i think it's a good thing to have for you yeah. to know your body and know yeah. like yeah. like this is my limit and this yeah. is why i mean you know with different sort of um you know, residency choices. Right. That's something that yeah. you you know. You're like, this certain residency slash specialty is not yeah. for me because I just exactly. wouldn't withstand that sort of pressure anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, the one thing I did want to ask you though mm. is that with you traveling across America, basically, right, has that affected your ability to sort of um, relate with with the patients that you come across? Um. I think Vermont is a pretty like homogenous population comparatively, um, but yeah, I, I absolutely do think like I think as a patient and as a provider, I think it's good to be vulnerable when you're like coming like going into this like initial patient interaction. Like for example, in the ED, folks are incredibly vulnerable, you know, and it's a similar, a very similar thing that's going on when you're like, for example, like hiking. You know, like you get to hitchhike into town, you're in a very vulnerable state, right? And there's this mutual trust where you're putting your thumb out and then like next thing you know your backpack's in the back of the truck and you're like two feet away from this total stranger and you're just right. hoping that they bring you to town you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, and then everything's okay and everything was fine it always is for the most part you know uh, and it's very similar in the patient uh, provider interaction where it's like they're just really hoping that they can make you better um, and then like you're just trying your best to make that happen Sure. Um, so like I feel like I've been well I haven't really had a serious illness I feel like I've had to there's plenty of times where I've been extremely vulnerable to people around me mm -hmm. and that's really helped me yeah. okay yeah 
Um, what are some of your favorite things about medical school right now? Oh boy, the people. The people. By far, is the people. Yeah, the wonderful people here. I assume everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I think like, I'm sure you come across people like in your podcast, of course, but just like people that are like extremely smart, affable, funny, like they do all sorts of really great activities. Um, more than like, the, and I don't know, I got invites to dinners and like mm-hmm. people are great, wonderful cooks and like there's so much more than medical students and just wonderful getting to know these people. Um, that's definitely the highlight of medical school. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought I was going to go coming into this like type A, really serious attitudes, and it's, it's not been that at all. Right. Which has been great. I really enjoyed that. And of course, everyone needs to find their own group. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of plenty of groups out there to find. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess outside of that too is like what you said too. There's just the process. You know, like finding like finding where you are that that Dunning Kruger effect, and like it getting worse and worse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, realizing you know you're like you like you really don't know anything. Yeah, um, that's difficult, but also extremely humbling, and uh, it's been really fun. Yeah, that's in that awesome. respect. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think that's where I'm at. Cool. In medical school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. You sort of hinted at this before, mm. uh, but I'm curious if if starting medical school and just mm. kind of going through the process has changed your mind at all. Yeah. Um, do you still want to go into primary care? Yeah. So I guess like yeah, we talked about that at the beginning. Um, so I really um, like family medicine, but I also liked everything I went through. Like every every time the clerkship ended, I was like, this is the one, yeah. gonna, you know? It sounds pretty neat, like I'm gonna do it. And I, except for neurology, I love neurologists, don't like neurology, that's, you know, here or there. But uh, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be doing this, this is great. Um, and it was especially true for surgery. Um, I really enjoyed urology and gen surg, but I kind of went back to like what we talked about earlier, where like, the lifestyle was not something I could fathom. Or really, right. it wasn't fair. I thought to um, my happiness, my future happiness. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I need to, I need to exercise a certain amount of t- hours, you know, per week to be happy. I need mm-hmm. to like have interactions with loved ones. Um, and what I was seeing the residents go through for five or six, seven years is like, um, yeah, for someone that like lives in the moment, that's a really long time, and I, I just couldn't do it. And right. then when you're attending to, you get all the pressure to be on call. Yeah, and then like your lifestyle creep happens, and before you know it, you're working 65 hours, 70 hours a week, and yeah. Um, but because of it, I liked everything. Um, it was really affirming that I like family medicine. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah family medicine yeah. is is cool because yeah. you get to do. Depending on where you work, you could pretty much do like everything for. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's called family medicine because yeah. you could you <laughs> yeah. could realistically take care of an entire family Absolutely. for for yeah. whatever healthcare needs from. Yeah family planning to yeah. end of life care and yeah. everything in between. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's a really valuable thing to have in your life. Yeah. Um, especially if you're somebody that really likes longitudinal care. I, absolutely too. And someone that really likes the process too. It's like the more information like I can just be learning forever. You know, not that other not that other specialties can't do that. But like like you said, like treating a whole family, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Right. Or, 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 right. Or, 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 you know, or right with that situation. But like, um, talking to family med doctors, like, there's just, you're always like really low down. You know, yeah. um, you know a lot, not low down, but like, you know a lot, uh, or a little bit of everything. And I kind of, I kind of like that. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. A couple more questions. Okay. All right. So you said that, um, 
So you graduated college in 2013. That's correct. So you took a total of seven gap years. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. I do have a two-part question for you. Okay. Looking back at your seven years mm-hmm. in between graduating from undergrad yeah. and starting medical school, what would you do differently, and oh. what are you thankful for about those years? Uh, good question, first of all. Good <laughs> yeah, good research. Uh, uh, I would say, what would I do differently? I think I would have got a, a different undergrad degree. I think... Uh, for like hindsight bias, you know, of course, but it's like I think I would have got an MBA um, in undergrad, okay. so I, I'd be more able to open up my own practice and look at something like direct primary care or like um, like a fee for service primary care that doesn't have to do with kind of cuts out insurance companies and lets you lets you operate at a more um, individual basis. Not something I can't do now, of course. Too. Right. Uh, but I look, yeah, I look, definitely look into different degrees, um, and then. I'm glad that um, I tried bike riding, you know, bike racing, and then, like, for lack of a better word, failed out of it. I think that was a good experience to have in my life. Um, yeah. I guess there was, like, some times when, like, I was just, like, kind of stuck um, working at a cafe or, like, um, partying too much. And I, I, I regret that, but... Not really, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to say if I regret it or not, just because it was like a good lesson. And, you know, like, uh, now I know, like, when, if it happens to me again, you know, and I definitely don't regret traveling at all or doing hiking um, yeah. or hiking, like, you know, long distances. Um, like, just trying to think now, like, when is the next time we'd have a chance to take six months off to do a long distance hike or bike? It's like, I don't know when that would be. Retirement, Retirement, probably. yeah. <laughs> in their 60s, you know? So, yeah. like, um, I'm happy I did it when I was young and healthy as opposed to... Not that I won't also enjoy it when I'm that age or sooner if I choose to do so, but um, I'm happy I did it when I was, like, you know, 25, 26 and, like, um, able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah one of the mm-hmm. things... Um, I always like to pepper in a little bit of my experience as a, yeah. throughout these oh, great. throughout these interviews. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, uh one of the things that I really like, and I feel like you've kind of had a chance to experience mm-hmm. it, um, when I graduated from college, mm-hmm. like I didn't really know how to like live like an adult. Oh no! So no, I yeah, feel yeah. like, like when I started medical, uh, when I started undergrad, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm just going to apply to medical school during my senior year, and then yeah. I'll go into medical school, Great. and that that didn't happen. But yeah. I'm glad it didn't happen yeah. because, like. For over like the two years that I spent in between graduation and starting med school, mm-hmm. I, you know, I learned how to find apartments and yeah. cook for myself, mm-hmm. and you know, getting used to living and working in a city and just mm-hmm. just living life as you know in your early to mid twenties. And yeah. I feel like I that there's just things that I probably wouldn't have known about myself mm-hmm. if I had not done that. Yeah, and I feel like. You know, for you, like you, you know, you worked different jobs. Oh, you, yeah. you did, you pursued different hobbies, mm-hmm. and I'll get to that because I, I think this is a really cool <laughs> thing about you. Um, but I think it's good to just live your life before yeah. kind of going into another, like, educational experience, just Absolutely. because it's, it you're in for the long haul. It's yeah. not like getting an MBA where you're like, oh, it's just tack on another year or two. Yeah, um, it's you know, it's an entirely different experience. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, 
But I do want to I do want to uh, delve into your yeah. uh, one of your cool hobbies. Okay. Um, but you you are sort of a, a pottery wizard. A pottery wizard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you, so this is sort of like a hobby that you've been doing for a while, right? Yeah, it has been. I've been doing it since 2017. Okay. Yeah, pretty consistently. Consistently. Yeah, nice. So, um, yeah, I like volunteered at the studio downtown for a while. Um, and I do it. I actually have a wheel at my house. My partner also does it. Oh, okay. So I can do it when I'm at home. And then uh, we sell pottery together um, in Underhill, Jericho. Okay. And then online as well once in a while. But, um, yeah, we just create, we just like finished some cups of some bird feeders. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. We like, I don't know. It's a great present for people. Like my car got stuck the other day and like I gave the guy a mug that pulled me out. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's cool though. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, awesome. Very vermont um, Yeah. Yeah. Interaction. Yeah. Yeah. One of, um, one of yeah. the best gifts that I've yeah. ever gotten was actually, um, one of my, one of the people that I worked with, um, during my gap years actually, yeah. uh, her mom was a potter tradition. Nice. Or a pot, pot, ceramicist, 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 yeah, it's potter is whatever yeah. you want to do. Pottery yeah. wizard, yeah, um, pottery wizard, yes. Yeah, no, she gave me a cup that her mom made, and I, oh, yeah. I love it. It's just it's such great. a, yeah. it's, it was such a well done cup, and, yeah. um, like just giving somebody something that you made is, it just, yeah. it really increases the value. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's a great, yeah, great creative outlet, and do, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Yeah. It's, I guess yeah, great creative outlet, and like you can be, I'll, I'll be on a run. And I'll have an idea for a shape, and I can go home and then kind of like a three D printer, like just make it, and then play around with it, cut it, change the shape of it, and then like see what happens. And usually end up failing, mm-hmm. which is great. <laughs> really good for you. Really good for your morale. <laughs> right, right. Um, do you do you have like any particular preferences for what you make? Like, do you mm. do you like dishware? Do you yeah. like decorations? I, I know that there's probably yeah. quite a bit that you can do with it. Absolutely, yeah. Like I'm always like I'm on the like everlasting journey for the perfect mug, obviously. But and so I do like a lot of functional mugs and uh, dinner plates and dinnerware. But I also make like a like really silly uh, like bird pots and pitchers that are like completely non-functional. If you tried using them, you'd be very upset. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's that's just like something that's just like a fun way to pass the time. Yeah. Sure. Which is like very, which is actually why I was attracted to surgery too. It's like very like using your hands like very dexterous and um yeah sure very, very similar in that respect that's awesome yeah you would hope that everything you do in surgery is functional though yes <laughs> that <laughs> the only difference um yeah, no that's great in, in uh, surgery that's awesome <laughs> well um I'll, I'll round out the uh this interview with uh, kind of giving you the floor to sort of give any advice to those that might be in your situation yeah. mm-hmm. whether it be switching careers um being a student athlete or yeah. just being a young athlete anything over your your seven years of uh seven plus years of just yeah. you know the process mm-hmm. what what wisdom do, oh do you want to share with with the the youngins yeah um okay i'll start by uh one of your points saying like um you know, like having a job i think Medical school is best approached as a job, uh, like showing up, you know, looking professional and like treating it like it's your job. There's like, I feel like a pretty clear uh, difference between folks that think it's a school and folks that think it's a job. And if folks think it's a job, are going to be much better off practicing, I think. Um, in, in what respect? I just think that like, you know, like, I don't know, if you like experience, you know, like 
you gotta wake up you gotta be on time you gotta show up for like your obligations okay so like like the discipline of it exactly okay like half of like your medical school is just showing up you right know, especially a third year you know and like being professional and wards and whatnot and just having that experience is great yeah you know uh, means you can be your light on and, and all sorts of stuff um, and then I guess I'd say like yeah like take take the gap years yeah absolutely um, you're not gonna regret it I see like a lot of surgery um, fellows you know uh, residents that like will just take a year off because they went straight through and they had no time for themselves and they got completely burnt out in the process right. which is completely understandable like I don't know how you can get through it without that um, yeah and then I think for folks that like were in my situation, there's there's a lot of folks that um, I was really lucky to go through the postdoc program with that are actually at UVM right now, and uh, they're just like very persistent people, you know. So it's like there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be failures, and just be persistent, hope yeah. for the best, and it, it most likely will work out one way or another. Um, yeah, it's going to awesome. be it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, last thing. I last thing I will say is that medical school does not mean that you need to drop your passions. So, like, if you make time for your passions, you will be happier. You will do better in medical school, even if you spend that time not studying. I think I, I'm very happy. Like, I, I've been doing running. I run, like, five days a week, you know, throughout medical school and, or, like, go to the pottery studio once a week. I never regretted it. Um, I'm a happier person. I get back to the books. I'm a happier guy. And then yeah. I can go to, like, school and wave and say hello to people. That's awesome. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. I would just, like, keep on doing what you're passionate about and everything else will be fine. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> well, Will, I'm going to give you the floor. This is your chance to give special shout-outs to anybody. Oh, wow. um, if you want to thank anybody in particular, if you just want to say any final comments, or oh, if you want to plug your, your pottery. Oh, yeah, yeah great. Your, I would okay. love to, to share that with everybody. Um, so the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll, I will plug my pottery. This All is right. the first time I've ever, I've ever done this before. Um, it's Brook Bend Pots. I live in Brook Bend, over in Underhill, Vermont. That's where it comes from. It's just, so yeah, at Brook Bend Pots. Um, yeah, and then I guess special shout out. Um, I'm entirely grateful to my partner at home. She's just a wonderful, wonderful person, and I can't um, thank her enough for her time and just her like her love. Yeah, it's wonderful. Very grateful for that. Um, yeah, and um, my dog and cat. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure they'll all appreciate it. Yes. Good job, everyone. Good. In the, in the household, yeah. Great. It's <laughs> probably a weird sign-off, but... No, it's okay. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to say. Well, I think, uh, I think we'll call that a wrap, but, okay. but Will, thank you so much for coming in and yeah. sharing your story. Thanks I really appreciate me. it. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, all right. thank you. All right. Well, everybody else, we'll, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.